If we were to start a new normal, what and how should it be? The entire second season of the Paris Talks podcast has been built upon this question. Welcome to the last episode of the second season of the Paris Talks podcast. This season we've been trying to understand what this so-called new normal is, what it looks like, and what it might be if it were to come. I mean, that's if it's not upon us already. Those of you who have listened to the five previous episodes know how interesting the insights from our guests have been. They have all been sharing their ideas on how to envisage the near future if we were to make things better after the COVID-19 pandemic. Can we design better crisis management and preparedness policies? Can we design a new story for ourselves and the generations to come? A story of inclusion, a story that helps to fight inequalities and inequities, a story that uplifts the most disadvantaged of our people. Can we invest in tools and people that spread education and knowledge to the disadvantaged communities within and beyond our borders? Questions such as these trigger even more questions and tend to provide fewer solutions. In fact, the more you look around you, the more you realize how fragile our systems are. No one seems to have a concrete solution to the challenges the world is facing, and maybe, just maybe, no one knows where the world is headed. There seems to be, however, a fact. There's a new normal. This new normal consists in knowing how to live one's life intentionally on a personal level and on a collective level knowing how to build and rely on partnerships with other organizations and nations because as we've seen no one is able to tackle the challenges of the future alone. The COVID-19 pandemic is a clear example. Today's episode will take us through the path that led us to this new normal theme of the Paris Talks podcast and a few other lessons we've come to learn during the COVID-19 pandemic and all of its different lockdown phases and measures. But first things first. My name is Michael Bahati. I'm the founder and main curator of Paris Talks and City Talks. These are two Paris-based innovative platforms that promote big insights via online and offline publications as well as physical and virtual ideas festivals. At our events and through our publications in France and other parts of the world, technology, entertainment, the arts and science usually converge, covering a multitude of topics from business to education to global political, financial and environmental issues. Welcome to the Paris Talks podcast. Today's episode is called Shrewd Thinking. 
On the 26th of February 2020, I received an email from the office of one of the City Talks Ideas Festival's speakers. This speaker is a writer and retired Australian diplomat. The email said, and I quote, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Following our discussion yesterday, we have learned that the ambassador's participation at the event will no longer be possible, end quote. A few hours later, a few more of our speakers started sending similar emails saying basically that they would not be able to speak at our event anymore. When you are hosting an event, you can always expect that one or two speakers will drop out due to unexpected calendar emergencies. Every professional event organizer will always advise to have a contingency plan in place when it comes to speakers availability or other unexpectedly random events affecting the venue or caused by an environmental or weather activity. The situation becomes abnormal however if and when all of a sudden more than two speakers change their plans. This is exactly what happened that day. I knew something was going on, something I could not exactly figure out. I knew I had to do something, in other words, to find the cause. I made a few phone calls and quickly realized how serious the situation had become. The coronavirus was rampant in China, Italy, and the mass movement of people had to be stopped. Alright, let's rewind a little bit and see how this entire situation got out of control. Beijing has confirmed the number of people who have died from a new type of respiratory virus in China has now passed 40. Almost 1,300 people now infected with the coronavirus and the authorities have put more cities under quarantine. That's affected about 56 million people in total. Outside China, three cases have been confirmed in France. That's the first time the virus has been identified in Europe. Wuhan, China. 11th of January 2020, the Municipal Health Commission announced its first death caused by the coronavirus of a 61-year-old man who was exposed to the pathogen at the seafood market had died of respiratory failure caused by severe pneumonia. Then things started going pretty fast. After the United States confirmed the first case of coronavirus on the 21st of January 2020, the authorities in Wuhan, China said that they would close temporarily their airport and railway stations for departing passengers. This was when the death toll of the fatal pathogen had risen to 17 and had infected more than 540 people in the mainland. Inside Wuhan, inside one of its makeshift hospitals. Every patient here is suspected of having COVID-19, including Li Xiaoxiong, a 29-year-old local. When Wuhan was locked down at the end of January, a city of 11 million people quarantined, Miss Li started volunteering. That work was dangerous, and as a result, Miss Lee got sick. This is her being tested for COVID-19. She transmitted the infection to her parents, who are in a stable condition. On the 30th of January 2020, the World Health Organization declared the global health emergency when the death toll had reached 170 in China, with more than 7 
1,000 reported cases of coronavirus, which had spread to its 31 provinces. On the 11th of February 2020, while the deaths in China rose to more than a thousand, with more than 42,000 confirmed infections, the World Health Organization announced that the new virus would be called COVID-19. Les scientifiques lui ont trouvé un nom de code 2019-NCOV, un mystérieux virus à l'origine d'une épidémie en Chine qui inquiète le monde entier. S'agit-il d'un virus connu Non, le virus est inédit. C'est une série de cas de pneumonie d'origine inconnue qui a alerté les autorités chinoises. Ce virus présente des ressemblances avec le SRAS, le syndrome respiratoire aigu sévère. Apparu en 2002, il avait fait près de 800 morts. En France, 7 cas avaient été identifiés, dont un mortel. The Chinese strict lockdown measure had a direct and quick impact on slowing the spread of the virus. By the 18th of February 2020, while I was in Paris trying to work on the last tasks of our Ideas Festival, the daily infection figures had dropped below 2,000 in China for the first time since January 2020. But Italy was taking over China as the country with the most coronavirus-related deaths. Italy went on lockdown, then we all know what followed next. If the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak in Europe is in Lombardy province in northern Italy, then the absolute center of this epidemic is here in the town of Bergamo. More people have died here than anywhere else, and they still are every day. The virus storm swept through these beautiful ancient streets. This medieval town and its modern city is utterly locked down. Only a few venture out. Everyone knows someone who has died or is ill, and everyone is scared. Purtroppo sì. È doloroso non poterli salutare, è doloroso lasciarli soli. Viene un po' di tristezza. C'è molta tristezza. Governments, multinationals and security agencies all over the world knew that this virus had gone out of control. And in France, for instance, they knew what had to be done. The country needed at least two months of total lockdown to slow the spread of this new dangerous respiratory disease. On Thursday, the 27th of February 2020, basically the day after our speakers had informed us that they would not attend our event anymore, I sent out an email to all of our remaining speakers and attendees saying, we've decided that we are going to take preventive measures and cancel this year's City Talks in the aim of avoiding any type of uncertainties that might potentially be caused by COVID-19. This is bad news, but I'm sure that if we survive it, we'll come out stronger. A few days later, the French President Emmanuel Macron announced a total lockdown. Après avoir consulté, écouté les experts, le terrain et en conscience, j'ai décidé de renforcer encore les mesures pour réduire nos déplacements et nos contacts au strict nécessaire. Dès demain midi et pour 15 jours au moins, nos déplacements 
seront très fortement réduits. Cela signifie que les regroupements extérieurs, les réunions familiales ou amicales ne seront plus permises. Se promener, retrouver ses amis dans le parc, dans la rue, ne sera plus possible. Il s'agit de limiter au maximum ces contacts au-delà du foyer. Partout sur le territoire français, en métropole comme outre-mer, seuls doivent demeurer les trajets nécessaires. Nécessaires pour aller faire ses courses, avec de la discipline et en mettant les distances d'au moins un mètre, en ne serrant pas la main, en n'embrassant pas. Les trajets nécessaires pour se soigner, évidemment. Les trajets nécessaires pour aller travailler quand le travail à distance n'est pas possible. Et les trajets nécessaires pour faire un peu d'activité physique, mais sans retrouver, là encore, des amis ou des proches. Toutes les entreprises doivent s'organiser pour faciliter le travail à distance. Et quand cela ne sera pas possible, elles devront adapter dès demain leur organisation pour faire respecter ces gestes barrières contre le virus, c'est-à-dire protéger leurs salariés ou, quand il s'agit d'indépendants, se protéger eux-mêmes. Le gouvernement précisera les modalités de ces nouvelles règles dès ce soir, dès après mon allocution. Toute infraction à ces règles sera sanctionnée. This came as a shock, a huge shock that added itself to the cancellation of our ideas festivals. At Paris Talks and City Talks, we took a few days mourning the loss of almost an entire year of work researching and designing our ideas festivals for France, Africa and other parts of the world. After almost a week, we ended up realizing that something big and interesting was going to be taking place and we needed to get back on our feet, accept the reality, keep our eyes and ears wide open. At this point, I didn't know and I'm pretty sure no one knew there was going to be a new normal. If someone had said to you in December that by April, millions of people all over the world would be infected with a mysterious new virus that has no vaccine, you'd think they were talking about a Hollywood script. It's happened so fast, it almost doesn't seem real. Breaking developments in the coronavirus pandemic. The death toll rising in the U.S., more than 60 dead. Doctors on the front lines in Italy with an ominous warning tonight, calling this the apocalypse and telling the world to get ready. Well, most of us have never lived through anything like this. No one is immune to the COVID-19 virus. It threatens all of us. Now imagine a world where mass outbreaks of deadly diseases are commonplace. Well, it sounds scary, but that might not be too far off. The World Health Organization has warned that we're entering a new phase where such a reality is, quote, a new normal. Those of you that have attended our events or listened to previous episodes of this podcast know very well that we are in the business of future trends. And this was an opportunity to learn and have a peek into what this potentially near future was about to unfold. I mean, this was an intellectually exciting moment. We started doing some really practical research to understand what this pandemic was and identify other threats out there that could potentially bring the world to a halt anytime soon. We found out that from now on, on a regular frequency of 5 to 10 years, the world 
well, humans would be brought to their knees by one, smaller but frequent terrorist attacks, and once in a while, a really big one. Two, health pandemics are still going to be coming back. Three, environmental catastrophes won't end anytime soon. Four, financial crises are going to be there. And five, nuclear proliferations. No matter what we do, recent events show that it's becoming increasingly difficult to avoid one of these events and lessons from Ebola or COVID-19 show clearly how a small event in some city in Africa or Asia can cause massive trouble to our economies, environment or health systems. While it's widely acknowledged that humanity will face a multitude of imminent threats in the near future, there seems to be hope in the fact that humans are resilient and can turn such events into opportunities. These trying times should provide us with opportunities of a lifetime, and actions taken by everyone during disasters can determine whether we are able to survive and recover or not. We must prepare for the future. Panicking during times of disasters tends to result in poor judgment and decisions. Instead, being able to evaluate the situation in its entirety will allow both better decision-making and more productive outcomes. In the light of the COVID-19 pandemic, for example, there are plenty of opportunities for innovation in an agglomeration of sectors. Now, we understand the importance of investing and boosting our crisis preparedness policies, educating our children using technological tools, or paying our essential workers much better. Grocery store workers, janitors, and many others are being called essential workers right now. They're not. They're not essential workers right now. They've always been essential workers. There are so many people whose skills, whose hard work was never given the spotlight and praise it deserved. And it took a global pandemic and a fear of death for the world to acknowledge that it's often the workers who are getting paid minimum wage or the workers in general labor, the blue collar workers that we can't function without. So thank you grocery store employees. Thank you sanitation workers and janitors and utility workers. Thank you truck drivers, transit employees, postal workers, warehouse stockers, gas station attendants. Thank you restaurant employees and those still delivering food and groceries. Thank you farmers. Thank you nursing home employees and caregivers, firefighters, police officers, paramedics, and so, so, so many others who are now suddenly labeled essential workers. You have been running this country all along, and so many of us didn't take the time to acknowledge how important or needed you've been all along. You are not invisible. You never should have been. Day after day, so many of you find yourselves on the front line of a public health emergency. You're doing your job under extremely stressful circumstances, while the panicked public often takes their stress out on you. Every human matters, every job matters, every hardworking person deserves respect and a spotlight. And I am sorry it took a global crisis to make people realize that we couldn't live without you. And thank you also to doctors and nurses and medical staff who are putting their health 
at risk, who are overworked and exhausted and then coming home, often not even allowed to hug their own children out of fear of possibly getting them infected. All of you who are being called essential workers, you aren't just essential workers now. You have always been essential. You will always be essential. And it's way past time you got the respect that you deserve. During the first lockdown, at Paris Talks, we basically spent too much time speaking with experts and some wise people. We read some scientific and historic literature with an objective to understand how to behave when the next event that many commentators wrongly call Black Swan will hit us. We collected some data from multiple sources. We wrote them down and published the insights in a book called Shrewd Thinking, Stand Prepared Against Humanity's Threats. This digital publication highlights a few challenges that we face as a species and proposes simple solutions that can lead us through these tough days and those that are yet to come. The COVID-19 pandemic has affected Paristox enormously in the sense that most of our projects got cancelled. Our events, which are mostly designed for physical experience and that provide us with revenue to fund our projects, were cancelled and, for different reasons, we made the choice of not shipping them online. And the second lockdown that followed the 2020 summer holidays didn't bring any hope either, as another wave of the infection was on its way. This brought another lockdown to many parts of the world, including France. This pandemic has given us time to reflect on what we think is important for us and our communities around the world, but also to plan and prepare for what might happen in the near future, even when COVID-19 will have normalized. We are now willing to explore digital tools to the fullest to make sure that our message gets transmitted around the world as it's been the case thanks to this podcast that was fully recorded on Zoom and other messaging applications or smartphones. We are willing to embrace the changes and opportunities that this crisis has brought up. It is unfortunate that humans usually resist to change. That's Bernard Mohindo, the Uganda-based lawyer and entrepreneur that we featured in the fifth episode. But we must admit, you know, as well, that crisis drive change, you know. So the new normal is the new mindset. The new normal is embracing the new realities that life throws at us and get along with it. Do you remember Christopher Crammy, the Paris-based American tech entrepreneur we featured in episode 2? His insights are challenging, but correct. For him, it's important that we use our time properly. I mean, the little time allocated to any individual being. Where and how you choose to allocate your time is very, very important. And I think for me, the new normal is, is taking a, a lot fewer things for granted. Um, you know, I think it's, it's brought us face to face with our own mortality uh, and the mortality of those around us and our loved ones. Um, I think it's, it's brought us face to face with how we how we use our time. Uh, and I think you know, time is one of the most valuable things that we have and how we allocate that where we choose to, to focus our time and talents is, is, is very important. And I think, you know, so many of us, you know, myself included, um, got into a mode where we were just kind of going with the flow. Life, life puts us on a certain path, and then we simply go from one day to the next without actively you know, reflecting on the what we're doing and the why. If we were to envisage a new normal, what and how should it be? 
At this specific moment, we are unable to answer this question, but our convention is that humans will have to be slightly intelligent, more than they have been in the past. Shrewd thinking is the way. Humans must develop a certain form of intelligence that helps them to prepare at all times against any form of terrorism, nuclear proliferation, environmental catastrophes, financial crisis, health pandemics, but also, and above all, we must learn to live together and help one another because if there's one obvious fact that no one can refute it is that we are in this together well i know that there are many reasons to be worried or skeptical but as i look towards the future i choose to be hopeful that's esther krish laroche the current unesco representative in latin america esther was featured in the first episode of this season and i hope that the new normal will be better and will bring us one step closer to more just and more inclusive societies. Because I think this pandemic has clearly shown us that our current way of life and our economic models are not sustainable. We live in a world with huge inequalities, in which many people do not have access to even the most basic services. And this crisis has really laid bare the situation and allowed us to see where the gaps and the needs are. And that in itself is an important opportunity. I hope that instead of waiting for things to go back to the way they were, which really wasn't all that great, we will focus on creating a new way of life that will be better for our planet, but also for all of the people who are currently being left out. It is up to everyone, either on a personal level or collective level, to seriously and intentionally plan and prepare for the threats that are to come. Shrewd thinking is the new normal. Thank you for listening to the Paris Talks podcast. This and the previous episodes have been produced by me, Michael Bahadi. Our theme song is Nipe Story by Shama Mushaga. Additional music has been provided by Sumana Music and Pixabay. For any question related to this or any other episodes of this podcast, please reach out via Twitter at Paris Talks or send us an email to contact at paris-talks.com contact at paris-talks.com To our lifestyles Are we strong enough To admit that we're fragile And now is the time This normal never existed And if it existed It was a fiction And I happen to be a very big fan of fiction Because uh, we can argue that everything is a fiction, but but we need to remember and recognize that that is a fiction, psychological shock.